Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Not only is this another edition, it is our last live episode for 2023. Hard to believe it's already the end of the year. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my loyal listeners. Whenever you're tuning in and from wherever you're tuning in from, uh, we have an amazing guest in store for you today. We have a fascinating show um, that I think uh, will really get you thinking uh, about things maybe just just a little bit differently uh, than you're used to. So uh, let's kick it off. Of course, we're starting off these days with uh, a blog post um, that I wrote a couple of years ago. Um, I'm just kind of going in order. So, you know, I didn't cherry pick this one. It's just the next one on the list uh, from where I started. And this one is entitled, and I think this is a good way to finish off the year. Love is not a feeling. It is an unconditional state of being. There is a lot of talk about love this time of year. Mostly, it is focused on the love of another, on our intimate relationships. Yet there is so much more to this intricate thing called love. There are other obvious relationships of love, such as the love of a parent, of a child, or a sibling. There is the love of a close friend, a mentor, or a student. Yet all of these external relationships are not nearly as important as our closest relationship, the one we have with ourselves. And to love ourselves is the primary relationship in our life. 
For the experience of love cannot come to us if we do not let it in. In order to let it in and truly make it a part of our life, we must first have that connection with our own heart. It is not about a temporary feeling we have when we are with someone else. For we all feel good when we are with someone who loves us and we love them. Yet the only person we are with every day, all day long, is ourselves. And those quiet moments when we are alone with ourselves is far more telling than any moment with another person. How do we really feel about being with ourselves? Are we comfortable in those times or distracted? Do we appreciate ourselves or do we judge ourselves? Can we connect to our own heart when no one else is around? For love is not a feeling. Love is a state of being. Either we are in love or we are not. We either come from a place of love or we do not. And that connection to love is not something that goes away when things are not going well. Love is greater than our hurts or unfulfilled desires. It brings us back home to ourselves. And from that place, we can love others. Yet when we struggle to find a way to love ourselves, we will always struggle with our loving relationships. Having a close, intimate relationship with someone is not about meeting each other's needs or some form of codependency. True love is about sharing a deep connection with our heart, with another who is also connected to their heart. To truly know ourselves and all our faults and still love ourselves is the deepest expression of love there is. When we come to that place, it is then simpler to share that love with someone else. A love that comes with no expectations. A love that is unconditional. For that is what true love really is, an unconditional experience of ourselves and another. The love that comes from that place lasts throughout an entire life, even if those involved are no longer together. So where in your own life can you find more love for yourself? How can you be more unconditional in your love for another person. So obviously I think I wrote this blog in uh, February a couple of years ago. And and I, I guess I just wanted to give a different take on love because in, in February so much is around finding your soulmate and love and you know these hallmark cards and, and and roses and all that kind of stuff and what i've come to truly believe and understand 
over my years of, of doing my own personal work is that all love starts in one place, and that's in our own hearts, and that's the love for ourselves. Because when we truly love ourselves, no one can ever take that away. No hurt can ever take that away. No uh, betrayal, no mistrust, no, no disloyalty can ever take that away. And so, and, and, and I guess this is kind of appropriate for this time of year. We're celebrating the holiday season, the changing to the new year. I mean, this is also a time of family and friendships. It's also a time of love. And it can be a very difficult time because a lot of people have a hard time with their families. <laughs> Not surprisingly, our families trigger us more than anything else. Yet we can, when we can truly cultivate that love of self, then we can share that love with others from an unconditional place. Because if we love ourselves, then we don't need anyone else to love us. It doesn't mean we don't want to share that love with another. It doesn't mean we don't want to be loved. Of course, we all do. All human beings have this innate desire to be loved. But when we start with loving ourselves, when we've unwound enough of our trauma and enough of our challenges that, that have cut ourselves off from our own hearts, when we've gotten past that, even if we're not fully past it, but past it enough to truly love our own hearts, then we come from a very powerful place, a very powerful place of love. And then when we come to share that with another, we can share it from a much more unconditional place. Maybe maybe as human beings, we can never truly be unconditional. Or maybe just in this society, it's much more difficult. But I truly believe the more we cultivate, and, and, and this, I'm talking about loving ourselves, I'm not talking about an egocentric, narcissistic, self-centered love where everything is all about us but i'm just talking about truly truly honoring and seeing the depth of our own soul of our own heart and falling in love with that and just because we see that doesn't mean we can always be that but the more we do our own work the more we develop ourselves as human beings, the more we let go of all those things that no longer serve us, the closer we come to that state of true unconditional love. So I guess this is quite an appropriate blog post uh, for uh, my last live show of of uh, 2023. Again, the title of that blog post is Love is Not a Feeling. It is an Unconditional State of Being. Uh, you can find that and all my other blog posts on talkradio.nyc. 
And um, you can also find it on my own personal site of theconsciousconsultant.com. And now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show author and professional astrologer, John Sandback. John has been practicing professional astrology for over 57 years. He has written books about color, the tarot, energetic healing, and astrology. He is known for his interpretations of the degrees of the zodiac through the Chandra symbols. Got to ask him about that. He's also a poet and a novelist. He does private astrological counseling as well as tarot and psychic readings. All of his work coordinates metaphysical ideas and is based on Kabbalistic thought as well as other mystical traditions. He has had two years of training in Gestalt therapy and taught energy healing, flower essence therapy, gem and mineral therapy, Chinese meridian therapy, and Reiki for over 10 years. In his most recent book, Soul Journey Through the Tarot, right here, um, is a manual which teaches you how to do tarot readings. It also, but so much more. It also teaches you the basics of astrology as each one of the tarot cards is linked to a planet or sign. It also explains a system of numerology linked to the tarot that can be used to interpret names, dates, and give life and, and to give life readings. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, John. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, I, I have to tell you, when, when I got this book just a couple of days ago and I started to look at it, um, it, it is it is so thick and so full of great information. I'm like, ooh, this is going to take me some time to get through. Yeah, it's pretty hefty, actually. <clears throat> I, I, I'm just curious. I want to talk about your background, but but I, I'm just curious, how long did it take you to write this book? That's an interesting question. You know, the original version of that book was from about 1975. Wow. And it was called The Golden Cycle, a text on the tarot. And it was criticized by a lot of people for its structure. People said it's there's a lot of good information, in it, but it's difficult to use. It, it needs to be structured in a better way. So when Inner Traditions accepted it for publication, uh, they put me with uh, uh, a woman named Liz Perry, editor there, and she and I worked on the restructuring of it, and she did a marvelous job. The book, mm. it, it's like taking a house and totally uh, redoing it, you mm. know, and not only did we did I redo it, but I added a lot of things to the book, uh. and uh, so the book's the book's been in process for about 50 years. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Um, and, and I think it really shows with the depth in, in, in which you have in the book. Um, so I'm just curious. I, I, I'm, I've had a different astrologers on the show and the network. I've talked with a number of different people. I don't think I've had anybody who is a professional astrologer for as long as you have been. How, what was your very first introduction? Like, how did you get into this? Because way back then, it was not nearly as common or as accepted as it is today. Oh, it wasn't common or accepted at all, really. This was before the time of computers. Yeah. And I was in late high school. And um, I just, I got this impulse that I I had to do it. I had to learn astrology. 
I learned I had to learn how to draw up a chart. And so I went to Bennett Schneider Books, which was a bookstore in Kansas City, and they had a book called Books in Print. And I opened it up under astrology and there was listed about, oh, maybe 12 books. Wow. That's this is 12 books in print you could get in America on astrology at that time. Wow. So I ordered all 12 of them. <laughs> and they came to me and one of them was Llewellyn's horoscope maker and delineator. And it told how to drop a chart, but it was very hard to follow the directions. So um, in Kansas City is a library called Linda Hall Library. It's one of the biggest science libraries in the world. And I went over there and searched out information about how to calculate planetary positions and ascendance and everything you need to do a chart. And I think the first chart I ever did, I did by hand, and it took about eight hours to do. Mm, wow. And then uh, later, I got better and better and better at doing them until finally I could do one in half hour. And then computers came along, and now it takes me about 15 seconds to do a chart. You just push a few buttons, and there it is. So it's great. You know, I went from yeah. eight hours to 15 seconds. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that that's uh, one way in which technology has actually helped us as it has advanced. Yeah, and it was just a compulsion that I thought, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Wow. Wow. And then, and then I had a friend, and she had all these other friends and one of them asked me one day over the phone i was at my friend's house and she put me online with this other person she said would you do my chart and i said i don't i don't do readings i don't know how to do that oh come on you've been studying this try it just try it and i said okay so i wrote her out an interpretation and she paid me for it i didn't even ask her for money yeah. but she paid me so then she started uh, giving my number to her friends and all these friends of friends were calling up asking for astrology readings. And that's how I became an astrologer. Wow. Wow. So, that, that That's a great story of, of kind of just saying yes to life. I call it right. Yes. And I was it's having just, fun. It was great. Yeah. It's like just doing what presents. It's like, this is in front of you. People ask you for it. So, okay, I'm going to do this. All right. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, I got more questions about kind of how life has taken you, but we got to take our first break. So when we come back, I want to learn a little bit more of sort of where things went from there. And like, when were you like, how long did it take you to really support yourself doing this full time? And, and, yes. and what kind of interesting things have happened over your career? Okay. Oh, okay. Great. Wonderful. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on Talk Radio, that NYC, except for the last two weeks of the year. And we will be right back with our guest, John Sandback, in just a moment. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a 
a high achieving growth oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with John Sandback, author of Soul Journey uh, uh, Through the Tarot, um, a very uh, key to a complete spiritual practice. It's really quite a, a tome and um, something I think uh, uh, is somewhat representative maybe of your life, John, right? You, you You put so much into this. It is. There's a lot of my life in that book, yes. Yeah. So so you started off again you you learned about it in the early days, you know, people just started coming to you. How long was it until you you kind of said like, "Oh, like this is what I want to do with my life. Like this is like I want to dedicate do this full time, just just work on 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 doing this." Uh, you know, actually um the first thing I had to do was give up piano. And yeah. yes, my father was very much against me doing the piano. Uh, and he was pressuring me. He he was afraid I wouldn't be able to make a living as a pianist, you know, or as a teacher of piano at a university. Uh, he thought it was not a practical thing to be doing. Hmm. Uh, so once that was, once I, I kind of let go of that astrology loomed large. I mean, I really wanted to get into it. So I just d dove in mm. and I found people here and there who taught me things. My, mm. my teachers were piecemeal, but some of them were very good and gave me some really good, uh, knowledge about astrology. And then I think the big turning point was uh, uh, going to an astrology convention and meeting Raymond Merriman, who at the time was probably the most well-known astrologer in America. Um, and I had written a book. I wrote a book called the Dwada Shamsas, which was basically a channeled book about uh, sections of the Zodiac. 
Mm -hmm. dividing the zodiac into 144 parts it's an old indian technique so i wrote a book on this and it was really just channeled it just kind of fell out of me so to speak and uh ray had seen the book i went to um uh, wiser books in new york city and i i asked them uh if they would donald wiser was the head at the time i asked him if he would publish my book and he looked at it, he read it, and he wrote back and said, I find this book very, very interesting. And let let me think about it. We'll think about it. Of course, I got all excited. Oh, wow. Samuel Weiser is going to publish this book of mine I wrote, you know. And then he wrote back and he said, you know, he said, I hate to tell you this, but we only publish older books, old oh. things. You know, we don't publish new work or new authors. And he said, I've just decided I don't really want to get into that at this time. So I'm, I'm, I have to tell you no, but I really hope that you find a publisher. And I was just very let down by that, very let down. Yeah, then one night I had a dream. And in the dream, Ray Merriman came to me and he was all dressed in white. And he was in kind of bright sunlight. So this white was glowing, you know. And he was talking to me. He was being very kind. And I don't know what he was saying, but uh, anyway, it made a big impression on me. You know, I felt like I was seeing uh, Ray Merriman's angelic side, you know. Mm-hmm. The very next day, he calls me and he says, are you still trying to get that book published? And I said, yes. I said, Wiser rejected it. He said, well, my wife and I have decided we're going to start a publishing company. We want to publish your book. <laughs> Wonderful. And I said, great. And that was the, a big, huge turning point for me. Mm. He published several of my books after wow. that and uh, did a marvelous job with it and promoted me and helped me immensely. I would go to uh, astrology conferences and teach their lecture. And it was wonderful. Wow. So he was, he was my, uh, I would call him my astrological father. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Were there any sort of challenges with doing that, with fully stepping into it? Like, you know, criticism from your family or friends? I mean, did anyone kind of give you a hard time or, or were uh, people... my mother was very supportive of it. Ah, okay. Uh, my friends were intrigued by it. Yeah. And it intimidated me. Uh, it still intimidates me. <laughs> uh, it's a very strange thing to do. Because, you know, like when I look at your chart, mm. I mean, I know so much about these things. I've assimilated so much information about astrology. But when I look at your chart, I see literally hundreds and hundreds of things, you know. And then we're going to mm-hmm. sit down and talk about it for an hour. Mm. I've had to learn how to let spirit guide me. Mm. What mm-hmm. to select from that chart to to tell you about and how to say it, how to get the information across to you, you know, talk about what's there. And I really look at astrology, the best astrology, the highest astrology is healing work. Yeah. It's for healing. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm curious because I I, I saw you mentioned in your bio and in your book 
that in that first book you you channeled something called the Chandra symbols. What are those? Well, they are uh, symbolic. Uh, here's volume one of my. That's volume one of my uh, wow. book, uh, book on the symbols, and each volume is about five hundred pages long. Um, <laughs> but let me give you an example of a, a symbol. Like I'll just pick at random. Um, an old abandoned garden, everything under a blanket of ivy. Mm. That's the 19th degree of Sagittarius. So the idea is you hold that symbol in your mind and you let it speak to you. You tune into the energy of it. And then that, that has to do with the energy of that degree. And let's say you have Venus in that degree. Mm. Well, Venus is the planet of love and appreciation. So something about your appreciation of life and what you see as beautiful or valuable will be reflected in that symbol so really you use these symbols to do what i would think of as psychic astrology Mm. and you know and so uh, there was a famous set of these degree symbols that were channeled by an astrologer named mark jones and they're called the sabian symbols Mm -hmm. and those are we're in are still in very very wide usage okay most astrologers know about what the sabian symbols are and like that well mm-hmm. about 20 years ago uh, i had a friend and i was t- saying to her you know I've, I've thought about channeling a set of degree symbols mm. and i keep thinking about it she said well why don't you do it and i said well yeah she said how about if i come over tomorrow morning and i'll help you mm. <laughs> she was very pushy and you know so she did she came over the next day and we had 360 cards pieces Mm. of paper and i'd written on each card like one aries two aries three aries up to 30 every sign had 30 you know Mm -hmm. and we laid them down one by one she'd pick up the card and i'd tell her the picture that came to mind and she'd write it down and we kept doing that till we did all 360 wow and those are the chandra symbols Wow. All right. You got me very curious. I, I, I'd love to know what's two degree Pisces. Two. Now, why did you bring that up? Because I was just looking at that before the show. Because um, I'm like on the Aquarius Pisces cusp and I'm literally two degrees into Pisces. Now, is it two degrees in some minutes? Might be. I don't know. I'm going to have to have you do my chart and tell me. Uh, well, Okay. If it's two degrees in some minutes, it's the third degree. Ah, I see. If it's one degree in some minutes, it's the second degree. Okay, got it. So shall we look at two? Yeah, let's look at two. Okay. I know what it is already because I was looking at it right before the show. A man turning into a werewolf. Oh. And what it's about is um, getting in touch with the deepest earth energy of your being getting Mm. in touch with instincts Mm. getting in touch really with your own animal nature and and its wisdom Mm. Mm. fascinating Um, interesting okay yeah now this book that i just showed you Mm -hmm. is really pretty complicated because it has 
four sets of degree symbols. Oh. Four symbols for each degree. Why and is that? Been, well, because each symbol uh, reveals another facet of the degree. Okay. You know, if you go to an observatory and look at one degree of the sky, mm -hmm. there will be literally millions mm -hmm. of galaxies in every degree. Yeah. So uh, the amount of energy and information in each degree is gigantic. Yeah, humongous. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm going to stop there just because we got to take our next break, and I could just like keep going down this rabbit hole with you forever. Uh, <laughs> but I, I have a ton more questions around different different things that you touch upon in the in the book, and I do want to get to the tarot itself because tarot was sort of my. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. The introduction, I would guess, to, to things spiritual. And I'll, I'll tell you about that when we when we come back to break from break. Okay, that sounds great. So, so everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're speaking this hour with John Sandback, author of this book, Soul Journey Through the Tarot. And we will be right back in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asnell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Uh, so, so John, this book is, is actually not about astrology per se, but about the tarot, though there's a lot of astrology in there. Um, uh, tarot was one of the first things that got me sort of looking at spiritual stuff because back when I was in high school, I was a junior in high school and my girlfriend at the time, uh, uh, had a tarot deck and I'm like, Oh, what's that? And she goes, a tarot deck and she shows me how to use it. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Can I borrow it? And she's like, sure. And so I, I borrow it from her for a day. And I remember I, I showed it to someone in my homeroom class, this girl, and she goes, Oh, like, I have a date tonight with a guy I really like and we keep missing each other. And I, I really want to know like how things are going to go. Can you do a tarot reading for me about it? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Okay, sure. Let's try it. And so, uh, I had her shuffle the cards and mix in her question and we do the traditional, um, cross and, and I kind of read it and it's kind of like, well, it looks like things are going to start off okay. There's going to be kind of a bit of a problem, but things are going to work out okay in the end. And so then the next day I see her and she goes, oh my God, I can't believe it. You were so right. She goes, oh, he comes over and we decided to go out, but then his car broke down and then we couldn't do, do what we were supposed to do. So we ended up just staying in and we talked all night long and it was wonderful. We had so connected. Da, da, da. Oh, that was wonderful. And so with that encouragement, I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Like maybe I can use this stuff a little bit so that that was one of my first experiences with the tarot of actually i literally just learned it the night before and then i did a reading for someone and it will like whoa it like turned out fairly accurate so um we've been talking a lot about astrology how did you get into tarot and why is this book focused on tarot well you know it was kind of like getting into astrology in that I tend to kind of just slip into things and it shows in my chart very strongly that I I will go through episodes of just feeling this urge to do something like I've got to do it now this is the time huh. it's like an apple falling off a tree you know it's finally ripe it's ready to go Mm -hmm. And I ran across a book called The Sacred Tarot by C.C. Zane. Mm -hmm. And C.C. Zane was the head of the Church of Light in California. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had his own deck that went with that book. And I purchased that book. And he had rulerships, astrological rulerships for each of the cards. And being an astrologer, that intrigued me. So I just digested that book. I mean, I read it over and over and over and loved it. And it made so much sense to me, his rulerships for the cards. Mm. And it, it, the tarot helped to explain astrology and astrology helped to explain the tarot. Uh, they're both what I call complete systems mm. in that they have everything in them. Right. They have all the universal principles in them. And so... All my tarot work was then based on that book. Ah, uh, I see. And how long ago was that? Was that also a long time ago? Was that something more recent? That was in the late 60s, early 70s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
you know, one question I've over, always had, and we used to have a, an astrologer who did a show on the network, Monty Taylor, who was a Jungian astrologer. So he used to, when he talked about astrology, he'd weave in all the archetypes and the planet and the myths behind the planet. He was very well versed in the Latin and Greek myths. Um, yes. and so it made, it, it, it made astrology for me so rich and gave me such a deep appreciation for it. Yes. Um, I'm curious how old, because I've heard differing things, but from all your research and working with both tarot and astrology, how old are these systems? Do we have any idea or are we just totally clueless of how old they're so old? I don't think we do have any real substantial idea. It goes back to about the 14th century, 1300s in Italy, where the first tarot cards appeared. Uh, uh, but that's on the uh, outer logical historical level mm -hmm. on the inner truth level. I feel like the cards have a very strong association with the city of Fez uh, and in Northern Africa, mm -hmm. and which was a very spiritual sort of place. And I think there was a group of Kabbalists there who mm -hmm. put together the tarot and the tarot was meant to reflect the wisdom and teaching of the Zohar, which is the mm -hmm. primary book of Kabbalah and 22 volumes long, just as like there are 22 cards in the major arcanum. Each mm -hmm. one of those cards goes with one of the volumes of the Zohar. Ah, ah that I didn't know that I didn't know. And and that's one of the things in, in the book that you talk about is, is not just tarot astrology, but also the Kabbalah and how that relates to everything. What, what sort of brought the Kabbalah to the forefront for you? Well, I'll tell you, you know, for a long time, I was aware of, of the Kabbalah, but I didn't want to study it because when I looked into it, oh my God, it's so complex and yeah. very, it's like lace, all these, all these ideas twirled around each other and all these technical terms and like that. So then I had contact uh, this was not that long ago, maybe, oh, maybe 10 years ago, I had contact with the Kabbalah Center in New York City. Mm -hmm. What they have done is marvelous because they're not into all that technical intellectual stuff, which is good stuff. Mm -hmm. But what they're into is applied Kabbalah. Let's mm. apply these principles to everyday life. Mm. And um, one time I called the Kabbalah Center and I, uh, they give you free counseling mm -hmm. there, or they did at that time. And I called and I said, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble with my business. My business is not going well. And uh, the man said, well, you need to generate business by being giving, being giving. Why don't you buy a copy of the Zohar for someone? Uh -huh. And the Zohar at that time, co co a copy of it cost $400. And I said, I don't, I don't have $400 to spend. He said, take a risk, do it. And he says, you know, and I thought about it and I thought, so anyway, there was this bookstore, a metaphysical bookstore in Kansas city and the Zohar emanates light, just the very book. It's like mm. a magical implement. So I bought this bookstore, a copy of the Zohar. And after I did my business just started flowing. I mean, it went mm. great. It was doing wonderful. So uh, that's the kind of practical things that, you know, they help you with. Wow. 
Wow. So, so how do, and how do you, you know, for our audience, if you can maybe give them a little bit of an idea of how do you interrelate the tarot with the Kabbalah, with astrology, because it's all in here. It's all in this book, which is one of the reasons why I'm like fascinated with this book is, is I don't think I've seen one book that brings so much together. Yes. Well, you know, as each card is ruled by a sign, then the astrology can help you to understand the card. And then the number on the card is not at all arbitrary. Like the Arcanum 12 Mm -hmm. is ruled by uh, Pisces. Mm -hmm. And so the number 12 vibrates with Pisces and with the card. They all work together. Gotcha. And the... uh, that card, one of the things you can say that it's about is letting go, mm-hmm. letting go. See, we always put value judgments on our word, on our mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. you know, like if you say, uh, give up, people right. have this, oh, oh, you're going to lose. You're going to lose the race. You know, you shouldn't give up, ever give up. No, giving up have, has its place. Giving up can be a great thing. Yeah. Giving up is a really good thing to do right before you die. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to give up your body, you're going to give up this lifetime, yeah, yeah. so you can go to a new lifetime. You know, yeah, yeah. giving up and giving in and letting go. Mm. When you let go of stress, you're giving it up. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's the really positive side of Pisces. It's um, the ability to let go in such a way that then it brings in a flood of universal cosmic energy. Because there's room for it now because you've given up the stress and the right lesser concerns. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that I've learned from my wife who's Chinese. She comes from Beijing. Um, but yeah, the, this idea that at the appropriate time, giving up is could be the exact perfect thing to do. Yes, and, and that it's not something to be ashamed of, or it's not something no. to, to 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 shy away from. That it's something that actually can help us. Um, right. So, with the tarot, um, do you do individual tarot readings aside oh, yes. from astro- astrological readings? Yes, and on my website, johnsandbach.net, I have. You can go there to schedule a reading. Yes, I I love doing individual tarot readings. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, I'm and I'm curious. You, 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 you do. You know so much. Um, is there one aspect of what you do, whether it's the astrological readings, the tarot, the Kabbalah, numerology? Is there one thing that you like gives you more joy than anything else, or or is it all sort of equally fun to delve into? Um, I really love astrology and tarot, and I'd say the joy is about equal. One, I think my big process going on in my life is I'm moving away from the intellectual and toward the intuitive more and more. Uh, and, you know, astrology can be very intellectual. Yes. You know, they're almost like lawyers, the way they put ideas together, you know, (laughs) and argue for a chart or something like that. And 
my readings with astrology have grown more and more watery Uh, rather than airy airy is the intellectual watery is the emotional and the intuitive and feeling hmm. and so i i let that flow more and more uh and what what you need to do that is just trust yes you need to trust yeah just learning to try and learning to trust what comes out of your mouth yes exactly all right we got to take our last break and when we come back um since this is our last show of the year i would love to, to know if you have any insight based on astrological readings you've given over the year and, and things moving forward, what this past year astrologically, you know, if you can give us maybe a quick recap and then what does 2024 look like astrologically and via the tower. Okay, John. Okay. That sounds great. Awesome. So everyone, please stay tuned. You're listening to the conscious consultant hour, awakening humanity. We're speaking this hour with author John Sandbach, author of the book soul journey through the tarot. And we will be right back to finish it all up in just a moment. Are you a high achieving growth oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of the hard skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to the hard skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Um, so, John, I'm, I'm just curious. We don't have a lot of time left, but I'm curious, like, astrologically, numerologically, however you want to look at it, what has this past year been about in general? And I know, like, everyone's chart is different and people have different experiences, but just overall, what has it been about? I think it's been about a restructuring. Hmm. And that can mean a breaking apart because you know, to restructure something, you have to take it apart first. Yeah. And so really there's a lot of chaos going on. Uh, for in, sure. In the world. 
And but this chaos is uh, hopefully creating openings for new energy to flow in. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes things have to get bad enough before they get better. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on now. Got it. So this is the storm before the calm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I feel like what's coming is um, there's the potential now for all of us to make big spiritual progress. Mm. I think a rapid evolution is very, very possible right now. Right. But if you're not on that wavelength, then the current could drag you under. Uh, so you really want to get on that, be on that spiritual wavelength. That's very important. At gotcha. this time. So, so any, anything of significant in, in the chart for 2024, anything that we should be extra mindful about or any time of the year that looks particularly challenging? Uh, let me look at that one. Okay. For 2024, you said. Yeah, for next year. Um, you know, Pluto is in the very beginning of Aquarius all year. Uh -huh. And so we're in the Aquarian age now. And Aquarius is about groups. It's about friends. It's about making connections. This is a really important year for connecting. One thing that Kabbalists say is that um, the most important thing you'll ever do in life is make connections with other people. Mm. This is so important because as we share our light with each other, we magnify the light. And Aquarius is about groups. It's about friends. And there are groups and, and you know, and support. Aquarius is very much about, about support. And so um, 2024 is going to be a year of giving and receiving support, that that's what we need to really focus on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sure that that resonates with a lot of people. Um, if someone's oh, listening, yes. You know, and Aquarius will, rules friends. Mm -hmm. Some of our best friends don't have bodies. You know, it's really good to make friends with angels, oh. with spirit guides, with nature spirits, uh, and those sorts of beings. So they're included in this uh, friends. And, and, and of course, they are just wanting so much to offer their support to us. So mm. when we reach out for them, ask for their support and open to their support, that can be so empowering to us. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm just curious for our audience who, Maybe that they've heard of the tarot, they're familiar with astrology, but they, 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 they're not well-versed in it as you and I. I. I mean, besides your book, again, Soul Journey Through the Tarot, which is a wonderful uh, book, very in-depth about all this, 
how would you recommend if someone has the interest how to get started like what's the easy way for someone to dip their toe in this water a little bit more and and to start to learn about all this if they've not really taken the time to study it greatly in the past well even though my book is dense I think it's a wonderful place to start. Yes. Uh, it And, you know, I would suggest to people, too, that you don't have to start at the beginning of my book and read it through to the end. This is something you can, once you kind of get an idea of the structure of it, you can just kind of dip into it mm. and, and read parts of it here and there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then C.C. Zane's book, The Sacred Tarot, that's a great book. Oh, okay. That, that's another good good starting point, I would say. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I'm curious, do you have a daily spiritual practice? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, I do Transcendental Meditation. Ah, okay. I love that. Yeah. I got back, I got into that back in the 1960s. Maharishi uh, Mahesh Yogi. Mm-hmm who is just a marvelous guru, such a brilliant uh, person. Yes, yes, absolutely. I've, I have a number of friends who, who are way into TM. And, and Do you, what, what kind of spiritual practice do you do? <laughs> I have some ceremonial work that I do, and I meditate. I don't do formal meditation, but yes. um, the, the ceremonial work is is what in particular, and it's healing work for me. And uh, I, I work with people as well. So um, wonderful. that's really my life's calling. As much as I love running the station and doing my show and the other things that I do, that's all to support the more spiritual work that I do. Yes. Now, I have to, we can do this after the show, but I've got to get your chart information because I want to know <sighs> whether you're two or three Pisces. Okay. You know, I looked <laughs> up three Pisces and the image for that is, an eye gazing out of the top of a pyramid. Oh. And somehow I bet that's probably what it is. Yeah, that's that sounds good too. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we, we I apologize that you know, we have to finish up the show now, but if if people want to get in touch with you, learn about you, book a session with you, how would they do that? Oh, johnsandbach.net. And also go and use my oracle because there's an oracle there where you can ask questions. And it will pull from this two-volume book for oh. the answers. Oh, cool. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Yeah, johnsandbach.net, yes. All right. And that's uh, John, J-O-H-N, Sandbach, yes. S-A-N-D-B-A-C-H dot N-E-T dot net. Yes, it is. John, thank you so much for coming on my show today. It was a pleasure well, to have you. I really you. enjoyed I... it. This has been really great. Yeah, I, I, I felt like this would be a good way to, to finish off the year. Um, and and you do not disappoint. You're, you're wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, uh, Sam. Absolutely. And again, you have a great day. I, I most certainly will. Hang on for a minute. Uh, again, his book, uh, Soul Journey Through the Tarot. It's a wonderful book. It's it's over. Yeah, and it's on Kindle, too. Oh, it's on Kindle too. Wonderful. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon. We'll have the link uh, in the show notes. 
Um, it, it's a great primer. It, it has so much in here and even some unexpected stuff, uh, which for me is always uh, a nice treat when I hit something uh, so uh, unexpected. And of course, I, I didn't get a chance to um, shout out my our loyal listeners, Patty and Sanaya, as always. I so appreciate you both. Uh, Patty says, I have many decks, but I always go back to my first. I gave readings that were right on, but stopped. Yeah, that was me. My first deck was the Aquarian Tarot, and I always loved that deck. And Sanaya says, I witnessed a card reading, and I had an overwhelming sense that the person wasn't expressing her truth. I wanted to jump in there and tell her the rest, but it was awkward. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to be, uh, I think, I'll have some discernment when you select who you get a reading from. I'm a big believer. In yeah. That. Sometimes right. it's hard to say what you need to say. Yes. Well, thank you all so much. Remember, if you missed any part of today's show, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And if you want to listen to the podcast afterwards, it's we're on all the major podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Oops, Stitcher doesn't exist anymore. Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember, the station, uh, we still have our our frank show tonight and our friday shows tomorrow but then the station we're just going to be running repeats for the next two weeks as is our tradition to take off the last two weeks of the year um to have a little break but we will be back in the first week of january january 2nd we'll be kicking off the year with dr mira branku show the hard skills and stay tuned and, and join our newsletter on our website because we will be announcing some new shows on the network uh, in the early part of next year. So thank you all for tuning in. We will talk to you in 2024. Take care, everyone. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.